Hello and welcome back to all of our loyal listeners. This is the Columbus Business First, the wrap, looking at the week in business news. Another very, very busy week. Uh, lots of real estate news in particular. So this one, it does look like they want to kind of have this serve the need mm-hmm. that all the people here in Nashville, they've since gotten a uh, Publix downtown. So so was everything a dollar or less? Uh, I don't think they're making that kind of a promise with this. Also, I don't I even this, know that that's Dollar General's like, I think by, by no, calling it DJX, I think they're trying to h- kind of hide the Dollar origins uh, into Dollar General. Okay. I wish it was called the D. <laughs> the D. Nice. Have you been to the Hills Market downtown, Eleanor? I have not, no. Okay. That, I mean, I think that's the closest that's thing we have upscale. right now. And that's it's a little upscale. upscale. Yeah, it is, it is definitely upscale. I mean, it's convenient, but... I don't know how well they're doing. They've been there for a few years now, so I'm assuming they're doing okay. Yeah, doing well enough to have uh, to have stuck around, yeah. uh, certainly. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like a very similar kinds of thing. Lots of grab-and-go kinds of foods. Right. You're, you know, I mean, I, I think that they have a pretty good selection there, but I, I don't shop for produce. I've never shopped for produce in Hills Market, and this DJX is saying that they will have produce. So, uh, so I'm just thankful that the people who live downtown won't be starving anymore. They'll have a place to go get... Gr- Groceries. And potentially they won't have to get in their cars yeah. and uh, yeah. drive to Walk. the suburbs or at least the brewery district or wherever else the, the nearest uh, urban, semi-urban uh, grocery store is. Going on to the ticket tax, man, this is, how long has this controversy been going on? It's been more than a year. They took a year to, to put this together pretty much. Yeah, so there's now a ticket tax on most entertainment venues and concerts and whatnot uh, in Columbus to raise money for the Greatest Columbus Arts Council for the area's arts organizations. Controversy went with it, but this has now been in place for how many say? I want to say three months. Three months. We have two months of return. So this is actually two different taxes, one on uh, everything happening at Nationwide Arena with the money flowing there, and then one on everything else with the money flowing to all the other organizations uh, in the city. Looks like in the first month uh, in July, it was about 175000 In August, 150000 Regardless, it's not as much as they thought. They had been predicting above $700,000 monthly combined from the two taxes Yeah. to get to eventually a total of $9 million a year. Year, uh, six million from the arts, kind of the all other events one. Right. They are saying city officials and arts council officials are saying we think it's going to go up. Seems like maybe there's some enforcement lag, and the auditor's office is reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, you should be paying these taxes." But I think it's uh, certainly that's, yeah, that's very disappointing. I mean, it, it's not like demand is ebbing and flowing. I mean, right. every month would is. have yeah, every month would have plenty of uh, events. We did ask who exactly has not or has or hasn't been paying the taxes and apparently that's not a public record. I <laughs> bought tickets to the LC or the Express Live mm-hmm. and they were expensive, but I didn't I don't remember a yeah. breakdown. I bought I bought tickets to see Rick Steves uh, up in here in December and they were they were they you. But again, yeah. as the Columbus. Yeah. But I, I always, you know, here's the thing. I just blame, uh, I blame Ticketmaster. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if the tax is actually there because when, when I suddenly hit your, when I suddenly saw the total, it's like, ah, Ticketmaster. Yeah, there's right. so yeah. many yeah. fees yeah. and stuff that yeah. get tacked on anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, most people who may not realize that this ticket tax is in effect, I think they're always going to have the same reaction. Sticker shock right yeah. off and, the and bat. And that, you know, Ticketmaster is yeah, the, it's the just evil empire. Yeah, 
um, that's what you're going to pay. Also of note, they said that the city said that the uh, majority of the taxes have been the the broader tax um, on all these different events. Nationwide is a smaller proportion, um, which I guess is not surprising because you're only looking at one venue compared to a boat, uh, right, to right, bunch. Right. But also, as you'll recall, we reported earlier this summer that the Blue Jackets and several other organizations were pitching that if you committed to a right. season ticket plan or some sort of subscription, oh, yeah, yeah. you could avoid paying the tax for as many as seven years. So yeah, we'll I, certainly I, be I monitoring. Was one of those people. I'm sorry. I committed. We will be so closely watching So you're one of the reasons that, our, that Nationwide Arena will not get the capital Then budget. again, I have bought extra tickets to Blue Jackets games, so I am paying that tax. Because oh, those okay. are beyond my regular season tickets. Yeah. These are extra ones. So you're off the hook, is what you're I saying. I hope so. Ish. Please, please let me <laughs> off the hook. I don't want to take all the blame for the the yeah. revenue debacle. Well, if we, if we figure out who exactly is not paying their share of the tax, we will be sure to report it. But, uh, you know, let, let every, every arts venue in town know that they are on notice that uh, this tax yeah, is we're here. We're watching you. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and more importantly, the Greater Columbus Arts Council well, yeah. sure is watching you. <laughs> right. Moving on to the short north. This is not a headline you normally expect to see, but Cameron Mitchell to shutter short north restaurant. Uh, this is Harvey and Ed's, which I've got to say, when they announced it, uh, what was this, a year and a half or so ago or a couple of years ago, sounded like kind of an odd concept. But, uh, Dan, do you want to tell us what exactly is Harvey and Ed's and, uh, more importantly, why did this not work out? Yeah, Harvey and Ed's was uh, the Cameron Mitchell Restaurants. It was their sort of version of a New York delicatessen. So pastrami, roast beef, uh, smoked fish platters, matzo ball soup, things yep. like that. Um, now, it wasn't a deli in the traditional sense. They did have a counter where you could get some takeout, uh, okay. you know, meats or things like that. But they sort of Cameron Mitchellized it and turned it into a sit-down restaurant where you could go and get that that corned beef sandwich, you know, and some sides. But it's more in their sort of style. So Can I ask kind of, a yeah. question about it? Uh, the only time I ever went there was yeah. for brunch, and it felt very brunchy, lunchy. Were they pitching mm-hmm. it as a dinner place? And uh, could that have been part of the issue? That's an interesting thing that uh, I hadn't thought of because certainly I think that type of food lends itself more yeah. to yeah. to lunches. So maybe the dinner crowd was, uh, uh, wasn't there. I can't answer. They would not answer any questions beyond their announcement. Mm. Um, they continue to hold the space. So though Mitchell is closing a restaurant there, uh, they will be opening something else new in the spring. They haven't, they haven't said what When was yet. the last time Cameron Mitchell restaurant group, Mitchell Restaurant Group, is it Cameron Mitchell Restaurant? Cameron Mitchell Restaurant. Yes. When <laughs> that S, get that S on there. When did they last Great close podcasting a restaurant? Sound. Yeah. Um, the the last, you know, locally, the last I would say net closure, you have to go back to two thousand, and that was Cameron's of Bexley. Wow. In the meantime, they had they had a martini up at Polaris that right. they converted into a Marcella's. So that'll be kind of like the situation here where Harvey Ed and Ed's is getting turned into something else. Um, uh, that was an homage to two of their uh, yeah, employees. Da- David Miller, the uh, the president of the company, longtime president of the company. It was his uncles, or his father and his uncle, I believe, yeah. or maybe two uncles. Yeah. Uh, apologies to David Miller. Harvey and Ed. And Mitchell, outside of Columbus, you know, there's been some closures. You know, mm-hmm. he wants he there was a Marcellus actually in the last year or two in the Denver market that I think closed. They okay. tried Cap City in Pittsburgh years ago, and that didn't work. Hmm. There were a couple. Um, there was a martini in Louisville, I think, at, at one point. So it's not like 
they haven't had closures, mm-hmm. but given the the sheer amount of restaurants that he's opened and operated, does yeah. doesn't happen very often, especially it doesn't Columbus. happen here. Right. Well, but in the short north, I mean, this dinner question I think is relevant because mm-hmm. you always had to wonder when he was going to start cannibalizing his own restaurants mm-hmm. because he has how many in the short uh, north? Now? Well, six now, but it's going to go back up to seven with if you count Lincoln Social and in Del Mar as two different things. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Now we're getting deep because yeah. like. I guess you're right. There's a maybe, maybe there's only so much business in the short mm-hmm. north. But the thing I think about with Cameron Mitchell in the short north is like, do you want to go to a Cameron Mitchell restaurant when you go there, or mm-hmm. are you going to go somewhere else to like do something different? But like the average consumer is just picking a random restaurant in the short north. Well, so that, like yeah, the cannibalization yes. could yeah. happen yeah, with any of the surfeit of right, restaurants. Sure. Well, and well, if I'm going out to dinner, I'm not going to a deli. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's you know I asked. Cameron years ago, probably when he was adding the second or third Short North restaurant behind Marcellus, I asked him about cannibalization. I always remember his, his I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of someone else is going to take that yes, space. That, I yeah. guess that's what that, I'm Which is what you were saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. why shouldn't he just take the space? Okay. Mm. And if there is going to be cannibalization, it's going to be... Then they were going to go to well, a different restaurant yeah. anyway. All right, and finally, we're going to transition into giant basket news. Anybody uh, who's been at Central Ohio for a while has more than likely seen the Longer Burger basket out in the hinterlands of uh, Licking County. I still have not like seen, seen, it seen it in, in person? person, and it's all of the photos, I'm like, how is that not just a Photoshop? Like, have you ever seen the giant it's ball very bizarre. No, like y'all. It's bigger than that. Our our loyal <laughs> followers will know see, yeah. that like a year or two ago, this company did this big project, Amazon like project about like everything that Amazon does, and that one of the images for it was like a bot, an Amazon box, yeah. like oh, in a yeah, city. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that is how the Longer Burger basket looks to me. It's like some some designer <laughs> somewhere like photoshopped this basket, but it's no, a it's real, real building. Yeah. Real. I think actually what we should do is have somebody actually go out there and stand in front of it, take a yes. photo, and that way you get a sense yeah. of scale. So, and it would also like look you, more real to me right. then. It you looks, cannot get a sense of the scale of this place. Uh, but it's uh, been sitting empty for how long now? Oh, Doug. God, years. Well, oh, they vacated in 2016, I believe. Yeah, Longerberger yes. left. Yeah. So not that many years. Longerberger made a ton of money for a number of years, yeah. made themselves very wealthy, the Longerberger family. Yeah, yeah. Built their own homes, built this humongous basket. The Longerberger company at one point was a billion-dollar company, and probably in a, an act of hubris, they built a giant basket uh, as a headquarters. <laughs> and then... Uh, Look at my works. Has <laughs> since oh, abandoned the place. <laughs> Steve Kuhn out of Northeast right, Ohio bought it, him. and he has now teamed up with Krasafi, who a is hotelier. a hotelier with some experience in hotels. So that does seem to be... Kuhn has been saying for a while that he'll do, like, whatever with it. Right, like, he right. wants to do something with it. And then he's now saying, I've got this new partner. We're going to get a hotel there. There's still miles to go before anybody oh, sleeps. No, this has no chance of that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, I mean, it doesn't. It's, yeah. it's a em- giant empty basket, which will stay a giant empty well, basket. Well, so the reason, so if there were a giant empty basket in downtown Columbus, that would totally be a hotel. Uh, it would be torn down. I think it would be I, gone. I mean, I, I, oh, there'd be historic building outcry about it. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's not hey, historic. No, but nothing would become history if you didn't Save preserve it, it, it now. Hundred Car- years. Sir, it certainly has uh, character. 
Yeah, I mean, I want to see the thing survive. I, I just have a hard time believing that that enough people. Yeah, the new are, work of it all. I feel like yeah, is it's, the it's, issue. it's the location that uh, I think plenty of people would love to you know stay a night in a giant basket <laughs> if, it, if it weren't all closer. Would you <laughs> stay in a giant basket? I, is that the the I, thing that you're looking for in a hotel room? I, the, it's um, not not the thing. I yeah, I mean, I guess. Doug, I mean, you're in Northwest Ohio, person. Northeast, <laughs> Northeast. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> Northeast Ohio. In Canton, there is a hotel that used to be grain silos, right? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I've stayed in that. It was kind of a cool hotel. All the rooms were round. Sure. Oh, you know, oh like I the think Christopher they, in Christopher Columbus. Columbus. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, to Eleanor's point, if they would have preserved that place, oh, that would have yeah. been pretty cool. It was, but instead, they built hotels. So all the rooms were pie shaped. Like mm. a wedge of pot. I was realizing mm. I was making a face mm. and that doesn't translate no, on yeah. audio. <clears throat> uh, uh, and they built the Ohio Employers. As, I can't remember. There's, I think, one of the pension systems Yeah, now it was next to the old COSI, which is now the county. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's yeah. not the county elections building. I don't know who lives there now. Yeah, no. Not COSI. No. So anyway, we will keep an eye on the Lagerberger basket and uh, to see if that uh, actually does come to fruition. I will be the first person in line to stay at said hotel uh, <laughs> if and when this wow. happens. Yes. All right. I think, that, I think that will be lovely. Yes. All right. That's it for this week. Uh, check back next Friday when we have another uh, solid podcast on uh, the weekend. So business. good. <laughs> it's going to be so good.